0: Today's guest is homeopath Patricia Marr, who is based in New York City, and she sees clients worldwide online. Patricia obtained her master's in homeopathy in 2006 under homeopath Louis Klein, and she also has a master's in social work from the City University of New York. Pat has been very active in the field of homeopathy, and she's published articles in Interhomeopathy, Spectrum, and Homeopathic Links, an international journal for classical homeopathy. She's also active in researching and developing new homeopathic remedies with a group of colleagues. And you can find their work at www.greatlakesprovings.com. I'll have it in the show notes as well. Pat also teaches homeopathy and she's taught at Baylight Center for Homeopathy as well as Luminos Homeopathy Webinars and Zomeo. It's actually through Zomio, which is Lou Klein's platform, that I completed some of her lectures on the insect kingdom a couple of years ago. And her lectures on the butterflies specifically is what really caught my attention. So I have been wanting to get Pat on the podcast for quite some time to introduce our listeners to the butterfly remedies and the amazing ways that they can help our clients heal. Pat is also a member of a group of homeopaths attempting to inspire homeopathy to address racism in its practices. This is something we will be speaking on today as well, and I also feel very strongly it's incredibly important for us to address this and find ways of how we can overcome this. Pat has also been an astrologer for over 40 years, which she says gives her the ability to synthesize information and understand what makes somebody tick. I know you're going to love this episode. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around
0: the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Krueger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we are hanging out with lovely homeopath Patricia Mayer, all the way from New York. Welcome,
1: Pat. Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: It's lovely to have you on. I've been flittering about this morning, so excited for our topic, which we will get into shortly. But I wonder, can you tell our audience about how you were first introduced to homeopathy?
1: Sure. I think it probably goes back about 20 or 25 years when I was living in Boston, Massachusetts. Both my partner and a couple of very good friends, they kept saying to me, you should see a homeopath. You would love homeopathy. You would love everything about it. You would love its relationship to nature. You would love just how it operates as a system of energy and Mm -hmm. healing. You should check it out. And so they recommended that I go to a local homeopath in Boston. And I did. I went and saw Dan Cherry, a, a wonderful homeopath, and I saw him for years. And my friends and my partner were absolutely right. From the minute I had my initial consult with Dan Cherry. I just completely fell in love with the practice of it, you know, with the deep listening that the homeopath has to have in working with people, and I loved the process of it. I loved the the energetic healing. I just absolutely loved it. And so I started doing a lot of reading on my own, and I mean, I'm trying to think, I was probably in my 40s at that time, and I had a life of working in social change nonprofit organizations or NGOs. And that was really what I was all about. I was I was all about social justice and working in many different organizations. And I knew that I was kind of coming to the end of that. And I thought this is the next thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I started studying formally when I was 50. Wow, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I knew that it was going to be my next, you know, my next mm-hmm. manifestation in my life. And I certainly love it. And it's been a wonderful thing to be doing for the last 15 years.
0: Well that kind I of I 17. guess that kind of leads us into our next topic about transformation are the butterfly remedies. And, you know, I'm so glad that you did make this transition because your teaching on the butterfly remedies has been completely invaluable to my practice. There's not many homeopaths that use the butterfly remedies and your teaching on Zomeo has just been so helpful to me. I discovered it a couple of years ago. And when I was like, what, we've got butterfly remedies that just completely resonated with me. And then suddenly I had one case after the next coming into my clinic. So when you said that you would be happy to come on the podcast today to talk about butter Remedies. I was jumping out of my skin. (laughs) So I wondered that like with this podcast, I'm always trying to get the general public to understand the incredible plethora of tools that we have to help them. Mm And one of them is our wonderful Butterfly Remedy. So can you tell us what got you into it, why you enjoy using them and maybe just, you know, what sort of cases we use them for? So I'm going to leave the floor Mm -hmm. to you and you introduce our audience to
1: this beautiful world of butterflies. That's great. Well, I'm I'm thrilled and I could talk about butterflies for a long time. Um,
0: (laughs) We've got an hour, go for it. (laughs) Okay.
1: Here's the thing. Ever since I was a little kid, I have always loved insects and I've had a very special affinity for all kinds of bugs. I was always collecting them. I was always talking to them. In my family, the story always was that my mother had been pretty viciously stung by a wasp when she was pregnant with me. And so the, the family lore was that I had been kind of claimed by the (laughs) insect world because I did in fact have a very magical relationship with bees and wasps. And I still really love them. And I've kept bees and stuff like that. I just love insects. And early on in my own practice of homeopathy, one of my main teachers, Lewis Klein, you know, did talk about remedies that are made from insects. And some of those remedies have been used by homeopaths for a couple hundred years. You know, the honeybee remedy, which is a very common remedy that many of us use for bee stings and and skin eruptions. And and of course, the remedy made out of ant and, um, you know, they've been in our toolbox, you know, for a long time. And a French homeopath named Patricia LaRue mm-hmm. did a number of butterfly provings. And I'm um, sorry to say she's now an ancestor and has mm-hmm. passed on, but she did some pretty groundbreaking work about butterflies. And Lou Klein was able to develop that some of those themes and and also teach them. And so I was very excited about hearing about butterflies as remedies. And then I started proving remedies made of butterflies myself. And mm-hmm. I've made quite a few remedies made of butterflies, which has really expanded my own understanding of what these remedies are about. So in my sense of butterflies, they are remedies that are really needed in today's world because they have to do with trauma. They have to do particularly with children being in danger or children not being parented well and having issues that may arise from that. A lot of issues of anxiety with children. Also, if children have lost a parent at an untimely time, you know, at an early age, say, or if a parent has lost a child. Mm-hmm. These can be very powerful remedies for parents who are in a deep grief about having lost a child. So we see that the primary issue with these remedies for most of the butterfly remedies that I'm familiar with, many of them, not all of them, but many of them, I think are particularly useful for children, for adolescents But they also can be useful for adults who are maybe stuck in a developmental stage and kind of can't move ahead in their lives. Um, They can also be really useful remedies for people who suffer from ADHD, people who have attention issues. And and that can be for children or adults, of course. Mm -hmm. And of course, adults who are walking around with histories of abuse and have PTSD, trauma um, that still plagues them. So so there's a, a pretty wide range of ages that we might think of these remedies for, but one of the very key themes certainly has to do with children, either children who have died or children who are suffering from the loss of a parent or from abuse or from instability in some way. So they're they're very powerful remedies. And I, I use them a lot. I've used them a lot in my practice.
0: Me too. And one of the things with this podcast as well is that us as homeopaths know that there is not a thing on the planet that we cannot help you with, with homeopathy. And so often, like just yesterday in my group, somebody asked, is there a remedy for prolapse? And, you know, I put some remedies in there and so many people commented, wow, there's a remedy for prolapse. I'm like. Yeah, of course there is. There's a remedy for everything. But something that I think few people will think of homeopathy for is gender. If if there's uh, gender transitions Mm -hmm. or children who are confused uh, about, sorry, I want to use the correct terminology, but uh, when there are issues surrounding gender identity. homeopathy is amazing. And I just want to say that because you never know who's listening to this podcast, who might be struggling with something and think there's nobody that can help me. But I just want to say, if this is something that you're dealing with, homeopathy can help as well.
1: That's right. And in fact, because butterflies have so much to do with transition and they can of course have to do with gender and with sexuality, Mm -hmm. that they can be very effective remedies. As you said, if somebody is trying to move into a particular gender identity and is having trouble moving towards that these remedies can really be supportive to mm. somebody who's trying to you know to really claim a different gender identity or or claim a different sexual identity or or sexual orientation they can be great remedies for that mm. they can also be good remedies for parents of children who are transgender mm. where the parent might be experiencing some grief over as as the parent is struggling with trying to accept the gender transition or the gender change or transformation Mm -hmm. of their child, they may experience some grief at, oh, but I'm losing my daughter or I'm Mm -hmm. losing my son. You know, you're turning into somebody else. And that can be a struggle for the parent. And butterfly remedies can be useful there as well. Amazing. I wanted to share something with you that I found really helpful
0: recently. I have Peter Fraser's book on insects, and he's got a good butterfly book in there, a part in there, and I have Patricia LaRue's book and recently got Luke Norland's book called Animalia, and he's got bits on butterflies in there as well. A remedy that I found really handy with COVID and um is the death head hawk moth. And in the really? theme, it says, uh, feels she's being forced to do something she doesn't want to do. And of course, with the mandates here in Australia, yeah, so many yeah. people have been forced to be vaccinated when they don't want to. And this remedy has been so wonderful because people have incredible anxiety about this, this thing that they're being forced to do that they don't want to. And Death's Head Hawkmoth Moth has been amazing. And you know, if you want to talk about symbolism, it turns out that on one of my clients actually pointed this out on the movie a poster for silence of the lambs. Yes. It's actually a yes. death
1: head hawk moth that's over it is. the person's mouth. It is. It, that goosebumps. was a big it's part so of freaky. that <laughs> that book and of that movie. And yeah. you know the Death head hawk moth has kind of a what could be identified as almost a skull image mm-hmm. on its it does. On its thorax. Um so yeah
0: very yeah, interesting. It's
1: a very powerful remedy.
0: Um now that's I, very
1: interesting about the is. coronavirus. That's great. That's great to know.
0: Yeah, I have so been loving these butterfly remedies. And another thing that I found it really helpful is with overeating. So somewhere where I found it really success, successful, and this was, you actually mentioned this in your lecture, is that people just eat and eat and eat, and they can't stop themselves. And that's kind of when you're in that caterpillar phase, because the caterpillar has to gorge themselves before mm-hmm. they go through that transition. That's right. And um, another one is obviously the affinity with the bladder. I've used it really successfully for people that say, I have to go could go to the toilet five, six
1: times a night.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It has an affinity for the bladder. It has, uh, the remedies have an affinity for, um, for the skin, of course, you know, a lot of skin eruptions, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of skin outbreaks, eczema and, or, you know, nettle rash, all kinds of things like that. It can be very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, attention disorders, really well, effective.
0: I was about to say to you that, um, my, eye can be a little bit flighty and flitty and my son is as well. And I think if he was to be labeled, he would probably be slightly ADHD. I think I would be as well. It's just that if I find everything interesting. And so does he. <laughs> so when I first found out about the butterfly remedies, I gave him blue morpho and mm-hmm. Pat, it was an overnight change. I mean, I cannot describe to you. Like one day I had this one person and I gave my son this remedy. And the next day, he was so calm. Like it was unbelievable. Even I was blown away, but I have a question for you. I found the remedy didn't hold as long. So when I gave subsequent doses, it's like it didn't really have any further effect on him. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Also for the homeopaths listening that might be interested in exploring the butterfly remedies?
1: Well, in my experience, the butterfly remedies. Are transitional remedies. You know, butterflies are all about transition and transformation. And and in fact, as remedies, what I find is that they can clarify a state if somebody is really stuck. And usually there's a plant remedy that's right behind the butterfly remedy. And and so a good butterfly remedy will will support somebody to get through a stuck place so that they can move forward. And then the plant remedy kind of gets revealed. Now, it might be that your your son needed a different butterfly remedy. Mm. Um, you know, if it really doesn't hold for even more than one dose, it it might Mm -hmm. be that you need to look at a different remedy. But I do find that they're transitional remedies. And, And I think one of the best examples that I can give of that was a woman I was treating, I had treated her initially over still being devastated from the breakup of a marriage. And and in the course of the breakup of the marriage, uh, a daughter had died of a long-term bout with cancer. A daughter had died at about the age of 15, I think. And But the primary issue that the mother came to me with initially had to do with her grief over the marriage and her difficulties, sort of moving on from the breakup. And then I think it was even a year later, I mean, she did really well. I don't even remember what the remedy was was that I gave her initially but it was a good heartbreak remedy and she did well and was moving on with things and moving on with her life and then all of a sudden i think it was the anniversary of her daughter's death and she got really hit hard by grief and and she just couldn't move past it and so she contacted me and she was talking about the loss of her daughter and and just how hard it was and um all of a sudden i just had this intuition that maybe she needed monarch butterfly. Mm. And so I said, I have a random question. I said, do you have a relationship to butterflies? And she said that she didn't, but she just started telling me that her daughter was obsessed with monarch butterflies and her daughter would dress up as one and would often be a monarch butterfly at Halloween and that her daughter's room her bedroom had a whole wall that was a big photo of of a lot of monarch butterflies in migration and i thought okay there it is <laughs> yeah. And and that's the other thing about a butterfly prescription is that when you're taking a case for the homeopaths who are listening, you just get an instinctual sense. Oh, this person needs a butterfly remedy. It's not a linear judgment or discernment. It's not something you necessarily get to by going to the repertory. Mm. It's an instinctive prescription. You know, you, something will happen in the interview where, where you'll just get it right. So I prescribe the monarch butterfly, and that is one. An incredible remedy which is so much about motherhood and you know a heartfelt like nurturing mother earth mother 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 and loss <laughs> of of a child i mean it's it's an it, that remedy is really for grieving mothers you know <laughs> i just have to say and probably also for for children who've been displaced and at the time that we did the proving of monarch butterfly we did a meditation proving at at a homeopathy school in Maine and at the time that that proving was going on uh, Donald Trump was putting immigrant children in cages mm-hmm. at the border with Mexico and and so that issue of being ripped from your family, being ripped out of your, your own home and being shunted away and, and taken away without any control, that really came up in the proving, actually. Mm. And it really felt like, oh, this this is the remedy that the parents and the children who are suffering from those events at the border of the U.S. and Mexico, this is the remedy that could have helped them, you know. But anyway, the night after I had this conversation with this mother who was grieving her child, she wrote me the next day and she said that night she had had the sweetest dream that her daughter came to her and hugged her, mm-hmm. and there was all this kind of resolution and and love in the dream. And she said she really felt like it was a, a visitation from her daughter. Oh. You know, it was very beautiful, and she did wonderfully on the remedy. I mean, it really. Really helped her get through this this triggering of the grief, and she was again able to move out of that and then move into a different state. And that's often, you know, what I find with the butterfly remedies is that they help move a person along.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so beautiful!
1: <laughs> it's a um, very, very powerful remedy. I've used yeah. it a number of times for mm-hmm. mothers grieving the untimely death of their children. Mm-hmm.
0: we I have see it making you
1: weep. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's just beautiful. I mean, because, oh, it's yeah. That's the power of homeopathy. And, uh, just yesterday I was listening because I'm interviewing, uh, Anna Vivark later on today. And so I was listening to some YouTube videos with her and somebody asked her, what is a beautiful case? And after that, I kind of had it in my head the whole time I went for a walk this morning. I was thinking, what makes something a beautiful case? And I would say that was a beautiful case like that, mm. you know, when it's just there's intuition involved and there's just this beautiful, deep healing involved. I would say that's a beautiful case.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I've I've also seen other wonderful transformations, of course, happen all the time on homeopathic remedies, but I have such a strong feeling about butterfly remedies. And I feel like we need more of them, you know, every butterfly that I've proven and made a remedy from, like, it has a very specific Mm. picture. You know, yeah, the general themes are there, but with each butterfly, you get a very different picture. And I think knowing what the specific picture is of each butterfly Mm -hmm. is really, really important. It really Um, is.
0: I had this uh, one client, uh, Pat, this was last year, and she was allergic to life. So she had every sort of allergy, all sorts of skin conditions, so many issues. And I don't know how I got onto Blue Morpho. But I said to her, this is a remedy I'm going to give to her. And I explained to her what it is. And she pulled up her long sleeve shirt and showed me a blue butterfly tattoo on her arm. <laughs> there and it is. Yes. I, I was trying to think of this week or last week. And I said to the state, I'm going to give you a butterfly remedy. And she said, oh, we released butterflies at my wedding. Oh, so, there, yeah, there, it cool. yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And uh, when you were saying about often somebody needs a plant remedy after a butterfly remedy. I found buddleia, which is obviously
1: made from yes. the butterfly bush, that which is also a big remedy for all sorts of trauma. Found
0: That's that right. Really good
1: one as well. And for people who are working with children, I, I, I've used buddleia with a teacher I was treating who also had some PTSD. She worked in a big urban school and there had been a kind of an attack, a violent attack of a teacher and a lot of trauma that teachers and, and students experienced, she had lived through that. And then a couple of years later, there was another incident and she was re-traumatized and really, really triggered by it. And Butterfly Bush became sort of her go-to remedy to really mm. help her deal with the re-triggering of that trauma. Mm. And, and the sense of having to decide kind of who to attend to first. Do I take care of this child who's traumatized and asking for my help. But what about the teacher, my colleague who got hurt? Like she Mm -hmm. felt very guilty and very overwhelmed by kind of responsibility and overwhelmed by the trauma. And that was a great remedy for her. Mm, Beautiful. And, you know, another I, I think there is just such a strong connection in these remedies with loss and I kind of am imagining that a lot of people who have lost family members to coronavirus might need butterfly remedies to deal with the the overwhelming grief you know i was I was in a meeting a couple of weeks ago with the number of people involved in anti-racist work and it was a big meeting there were maybe a hundred people and uh, there the opening question was you know what have you? lost in these years of the pandemic. And, and it was really striking how many people in this collection of a hundred people had lost multiple family members. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was especially poignant because the people who had directly lost multiple family members were all people of color. They were, wow. there were black people. They were, uh, Latinx people, you know, it was very clear, like, wow, there's a stark Mm. dividing line. I mean, I know white people have lost people as well in the US, but the differential impact of Mm. the virus is pretty clear. So anyway, there, you know, there's a lot of people walking around this country and the world who are experiencing a huge amount of grief, a huge amount of loss. And I think butterfly remedies can be very helpful But I was going to tell a story, which was I was treating this 15, 16 year old boy a couple of years ago, a real sweet kid, very smart, very talented, very artistic. And the main issue was uh, focus and attention deficit stuff. And his father had died a few years before and he had, he was still dealing with that grief. And the thing was he and his mother had gotten involved in this sort of big grief group here in New York. And he ended up being kind of the poster child for this group. Like he became this like public face for grief and for the grief of a kid who'd lost Apparent. Mm-hmm. And um, there were just so many things about him, his interests in sort of metaphysics, his interests in world peace, his artistic ability. I felt very strongly he was a butterfly. And the butterfly that I decided he needed needed is called the the silver spotted skipper, which is a, a very common butterfly actually throughout the world. And when we did the proving of that butterfly, the attention Deficit stuff kind of runs throughout all the butterflies, but there were specific things in that butterfly that had to do with art, had to do with music, had to do with technology, had to do with kind of uh, feeling tremendous pressure to sort of perform and show up and kind of achieve like all those kinds of issues. And it really fit this this young guy he has done great on Silver Spotted Skipper. I mean, it really helped him deal with his attention and focus issues. He was able to finish school. He did really well. It, you know, it all, it all kind of came together with that remedy and he's been on that remedy a few years. So sometimes it can hold. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. Now you kind of touched, well, actually, are there any other cases from your clinic that you want to mention for us about butterflies?
1: I have so many.
0: And oh, no, I'm sorry, um, putting you on the spot there.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's great. I, I, there's a remedy that I just had made recently. I, I have somebody I've been working with for a long time who has chronic gout. a wonderful man, very talented, very intelligent. He's a lawyer. He's really uh, involved in environmental law. He's very, like the word that comes to mind is like kingly. Like he's got like natural leadership abilities and he's, he's this deep, committed, Wonderful guy. And you know, chronic gout. and we've worked through many remedies over the years and and the remedies hold for a while, but then the gout always comes back. And then one day we were talking, and he said, "I have to take care of my people. he 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 wanted to kind of work less so that he could pursue art. and he but he was really saying, "I can't leave my work. I have to take care of my people. I'm responsible for my people. Mm. And when I heard that, Those words reminded me of what had come out of a meditation proving six months prior of the tiger swallowtail butterfly, which is Mm -hmm. a very ubiquitous butterfly here in the United States. And um, there's an East Coast version and a Western version. It's a big, beautiful butterfly with black and big, visible black and yellow patterning you know, gorgeous. And it's, it's, you know, those big swallowtail butterflies, they're big, they fly in this languorous kind of way. And they can because they don't taste good okay. to birds. So they they can take their time flying, right? Oh. We can enjoy them. Whereas a lot of the little butterflies are fast and darting and, mm. and those are the tasty ones. So they have to fly <laughs> really fast. Anyway, the tiger swallowtail, we had done a, a meditation proving of it. And in that proving, and do people know what a proving is? Do I need yes, to Yes, we've had that? that
0: covered. Yeah. But I mean, you okay. can run through that again, because you know, this might be somebody's first episode.
1: <laughs> well, it's a it comes from the German word plufung, which really means test. And, and it's a way to test out a homeopathic remedy before we use it as a remedy where we get a group of people together and we either take a dose of the remedy or create the remedy. And whatever people experience in the course of that process gives us information about what the remedy is for. And it's a very powerful experience because we're really asking the substance, whether it's a plant, mineral, animal, whatever it is, we're asking that substance to reveal itself to us Mm. collectively so that we know how it can be used for the healing of our planet. I mean, it's a powerful thing to participate in a proving. And so in the case of the tiger swallowtail, we just did a meditation proving of it. And in that proving, and that's where you meditate on the image of the substance and then record what comes up for people. And in that proving, it was like Moses got to save my people. You know, Ah. it was this powerful leadership, quality. I have to care for people in trouble. It was very strong. Mm -hmm. So when this patient of mine said this thing in in his interview with me about having to take care of his people, I thought, and he's stuck in his Mm -hmm. life. Like he can't make this transition he needs to make. I thought, oh my God, this is the (laughs) type of swallowtail. So I had to make the remedy because it didn't exist. So then. I, a friend of mine, another homeopath, and I did a, a process of creating the remedy, and we also used that to get more information about the remedy. And we kind of saw the shadow side, the underneath side, which is all about kind of corruption of power and misuse mm-hmm. of leadership. So you see the the opposites in in every remedy. Mm-hmm. In addition, I just want to say before we move on that another big theme in butterflies is people who are who've experienced war, people who have experienced bombing. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a theme that shows up in proving after proving for butterflies. So, you know, again, if we think of anybody who's lived through that kind of thing, but I've, I've used this remedy effectively for people who um, for an, an Iranian immigrant who lived through the, the Iran Iraq war and, lived through bombings and, and had a lot of kind of panic and anxiety and PTSD left over from that. And, and she also has done very well on Silver Spotted skippers So we, and in the, the, the reason I'm It it came back to me about war and bombing. When we did the Tiger Swallowtail Meditation proving, the imagery of bombing of communities was very, very strong. It it was a, a very explicit image that came up to a number of people in that proving. And when we did the Silver Spotted Skipper proving, there was a lot also about war and threat. And particularly about the Middle East. So we see these themes that run through specific Mm -hmm. butterflies that are very interesting, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. So did your gout guy do well on his remedy?
1: Yes, he's (laughs) he's doing great. I think it's been it's been over a year. He's doing really well. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, he's doing very well. And um, I think of that remedy as being very much about leadership. Mm,
0: you know? Now, you very quickly touched on our next topic, which is racism in homeopathy, which I don't know if anyone else is talking about this, but it's something that on Kelly Callahan's podcast, One M., uh, a couple of years ago, I heard an interview, maybe it was with you. I'm not sure who it was with actually, because mm-hmm. it was ages ago. I listened to it and they mentioned just about how, you know, there is racism and homeopathy because a lot of our materia medica or a lot of our repertory, when we look at skin diseases, particularly for instance, it will tell us how s- something will look on white skin, but not necessarily that was going to present differently on darker skin. And um, I thought that was really interesting. It's, you know, embarrassingly it's not something that i had ever thought about. And suddenly it just hit me really hard about wow, we really do have racism even in in homeopathy. So that's something that's close to your heart and that you've done some work on. Can you tell our listeners and the homeopaths listening as well a bit about what work you're doing in that area at the moment?
1: Well, thanks for asking about that. And you know, as listeners probably know, the topic of racism has really been up front and uh, really front and center in the United States in the last few years, with all the murders of Black people that have been happening, and the uprisings around that, and the demands for accountability. So this is a this is an incredible moment of tension in the U.S. about racism. You know, the on a positive note, really hundreds of thousands of people of all races stood up for racial justice for the first time in their lives, you know, in, in the last couple of years. And that's an amazing thing, like for the first time in U.S. history, like tons of people who hadn't ever realized what an issue this was. But when they saw the videos of the police officer murdering George Floyd, you know, it was just really Good stark. Writing. So there's been a lot of attention and a lot of desire, a lot of grappling I think that people in all kinds of fields are, are, you know, whether it's other fields of of alternative medicine, whether it's fields of, uh, you know, every everybody is kind of having this reckoning moment, like, oh, my God, like we haven't thought about this. Mm-hmm. So here we are, you know, at least in the United States, the field of homeopathy is overwhelmingly white. Um, unless you work at it in the United States, most white people are not really directly engaging with people of color, socially. There's been a study done that really looked at the racial makeup of homeopaths and also who we treat. And, you know, most of who we treat are white people. We're mostly white people doing the treating. So, so there, we're in our own echo chamber. We're not having to think about it in a sense. We're not having to deal with it. But more and more, what's coming out into the public sphere are the very real uh, health disparities that people of color experience in the United States, you know, the high levels of diabetes, high blood pressure, kind of the metabolic syndrome that leads to poor life expectancy, poor quality of life, the outrageously disastrous maternal child health outcomes for black women across class In the United States, like that, the facts are all there, but we're not thinking about it as homeopaths, right? And we need to be under having a deeper understanding that the level of trauma that people of color live with in the United States contributes to ill health. Mm. It's a factor that makes people sick. If you're living with that kind of stress, if every time your teenage son leaves the house, you're worried about whether he's going to come back alive or dead, that's a level of worry that those of us who are white don't have to have. Mm -hmm. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to carry that level of constant trauma and threat Mm -hmm. kind of from the society at large. Mm -hmm. So, about a year ago, there were some people in homeopathy, including Kelly Callahan, mm-hmm. who were saying, we need to be talking about this in homeopathy, like every other, after George Floyd was murdered, every other group of kind of alternative medical people, acupuncturists, et cetera, they were all making statements, at least kind of condemning his murder and saying racial justice needed to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Homeopathy was like silent, 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 silent. So a few people pulled together a group and I'm honored to be part of that group. There's about a dozen of us from all over the the country. And uh, we've been meeting for about a year to try to figure out how to raise this issue within the field. Mm -hmm. Um, We're trying to educate ourselves. We're trying to kind of find accountability partners with people of color who are active in homeopathy. You know, some of the women of color in in our group who are homeopaths have shared with us their experiences mm-hmm. of being in homeopathy school and people just saying incredibly thoughtless mm-hmm. things to them and and the whole atmosphere being as if they didn't exist, you know. So so we have a lot to deal with as a field, as any field does mm. that's kind of overwhelmingly white. I think that homeopathy's roots come straight out of Europe. Of course, the thinking is in the Materia Medica is based in old white male mm. standards. I mean, you know, the way women and women's bodies are described in the repertory mm. is is the way sexuality is described. Yes. Yeah you know, I mean, there's a lot of issues (laughs) with the old, (laughs) with the old information. It's very dated. It's very, it reflects the prejudices Mm. of the time. Even the way children are described in the books. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. You know, the, we're very aware that if we're in a field that's about healing, if we don't understand racialized trauma, if we don't understand the dynamics of racism, we're not going to be good at our job. I mean,
0: Mm. you know,
1: many of us are, treating people of color. So we need to understand, we need to have a sense of our own biases. We need to understand where we're coming from. We also need to understand kind of the flip side and and kind of what whiteness does to us as well, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, that, that creates other problems. So we're, we're struggling with trying to figure out how to to affect people's thinking in the field. I think that there would actually be a lot of support among homeopaths on the ground for trying to raise this as an issue. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, trying to get the schools to deal with it is another matter. But I would say that, you know, without a better understanding of racism and its impact, most of us are not qualified to actually treat people Mm -hmm. of color.
0: And did you say that you're working on a syllabus type thing that you can put out to schools? I think you mentioned something about that.
1: It's not a syllabus, the accreditation body that sets standards and competencies for what makes a homeopath, what does a homeopath have to study? What do they have to be able to do? What do they have to know how to do? They are updating their standards and competencies, and they asked for comment. And we put in a number of comments to, to push the language to basically say that there needs to be attention given, there needs to be education about different cultures that there has to be attention also to to gender and sexuality and that all of this has to be part of how we're thinking as homeopaths. And I imagine there'll be some resistance to that, but I think there'll be some welcoming of that as well.
0: Absolutely. Um, so myself growing up in the eighties in South Africa, where apartheid was obviously really big, um, it was very interesting time to live through. And then, you know, the changes that came after that. And I think I was about 13 when we had our first student of color enter our school. So that was very, very, very interesting. But my husband and I, we have decided not to get the COVID vaccination, And obviously here in Western Australia, we have vaccine passports now. So that means that we are not allowed to go into restaurants to sit down for a meal. We're not allowed to, you know, do lots of things that previously, you know, was never an issue. But now if you don't have the vaccine passport, you're not allowed in a lot of places. So he's also from South Africa and we've had some really interesting conversations just about how that's affected us. And I am by no means even pretending that I understand what it must be like to be a person of color you know being discriminated against but it has been a very interesting exercise for us suddenly realizing oh we can't just walk into this restaurant we can't mm. just and then mm. see you know like you can't help but reflecting on how we grew up and how you know people of color were treated when we were kids and now suddenly you know we're not allowed in places because of our personal uh, health choices
1: So, Mm -hmm.
0: um, yeah, it's been a very interesting experience and I'm so glad that you've talked about this because there's uh, obviously a lot of work that still needs to be done Mm -hmm. around this topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially gender. And at the end of the day, people just need to chill out and accept everyone. We're all so different. And this actually is just so beautiful that we're all so different. Imagine if we're all the same, that would be so boring (laughs) It's true. true. (laughs) and just celebrating each other's differences. And, you know, instead of trying to put everyone in a box. Yeah. That's right. And in a way, I kind of feel like the butterfly remedies almost relate, like the two topics that you've been speaking about today almost relate in a way.
1: You're right. I, I mean, they do both have to do with transformation. Mm, That's You know, and and I I'm actually very hopeful. I know there is a lot to be distressed about in our world, but in terms of the the racial justice. Work and I feel very hopeful about it.
0: Mm. Now, Pat, I always at the end of the episode ask my guests their three favorite homeopathic remedies and why, but I'm going to limit it for you to your three favorite butterfly remedies and why?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I know that's going to be hard. <laughs> well, I, I think I have to say monarch butterfly, mm. you know, again, because it's got to do with this like delicious, nurturing mm, mother earth kind of presence, you know, and it, it, it's a beautiful remedy. I really love the silver spotted skipper. I've used it a lot and mm. you know any homeopaths that are listening that know about the silver series in the periodic table and, and Jan Schulton's work it's a remedy that really reflects the themes of silver. Oh um in terms of art and creativity and kind of being special you know that well I'm thing, interviewing so.
0: Jan this afternoon and I'm so nervous
1: <laughs> oh, oh Jan's great he's very easy, very easy uh, to talk to what would be my other my third it's really hard to choose I you know I really I'm I love The Tiger Swallowtail just because I'm fascinated by it and I didn't Mm -hmm. have a chance to talk more about it, but the kind of shadow side of it is really intense. And um, I'm sort of intrigued to see how that's going to show up in people Mm -hmm. because it's about, you know, misuse of power as opposed Mm -hmm. to the beautiful kind of Moses-like leadership. So, um, but anyway, I think I love them all. It's really hard to choose. Mm
0: incredible and pat how can people get hold of you if they want to make a booking or if they want to
1: find out more about your work um com is my website and that's uh mar m-a-h-e-r mm-hmm. and i uh, can be reached at pat at com.
0: excellent and we'll have that in the show notes as well Thank you so much for coming on today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. I was so looking forward to today and you have not disappointed. I have learned so much and it's just been absolutely wonderful. Keep up your amazing work and please make us some more butterfly remedies so we can play with all of them.
1: Thank you. And I encourage you to make some too. You've got great butterflies there in Western (laughs) Australia. So we
0: should talk. Okay, I'll get my net out. I'm going away next weekend. I'll take a butterfly
1: net. <laughs> thank you. I really enjoyed uh, thank you. the opportunity to be with you. So, have a you. good day. Bye. Okay. Bye.